ora and welcome to Requisite Words. I'm Peter Ravlich, and you're listening to a podcast about poetry. The origins of Valentinus, known as St. Valentine, are largely apocryphal. It was a popular name in 3rd century Rome, and what is likely is that several clergymen named Valentinus were put to death for their faith. The Valentine, whose Christian feast day is celebrated on the 14th of February, might have been one individual, or the superimposition of two or more. But the object of veneration today is generally neither the man nor the myths that built up around his later patronage, but love. More accurately, the object of veneration is often the commercial trappings of Valentine's Day, which has become an increasingly fiscal event in capitalist societies. My wife and I decided early in our relationship that reserving an arbitrary day to be overtly or extravagantly romantic could somewhat cheapen the other 364. So instead, we take Valentine's Day as an opportunity to celebrate the everyday beauty of our relationship, to reaffirm the quality time we already spend together, and to enjoy a chance to reflect on how we've nurtured our relationship over the last year. So while we won't be elbowing our way into florists or brushing off the evening wear, we're not going to diminish a day that celebrates love, however murky its origins. In that spirit, I've chosen a lesser-known poem for this episode, by Mary Shelley. Better known as the author of Frankenstein, and identifying as a writer of prose, even her non-fiction work contained a poetic sensibility at times, and the following poem is a beautiful piece. It also offers a timely contrast to our discussion of Porphyria's lover, in the toxic model of love it highlights. O Come to Me in Dreams, My Love is a poem in four stanzas that invokes one of the most famous Greek myths about love, the story of Psyche and Eros. Psyche is a familiar term to modern sensibilities, referring to the structure of the mind. But it originally means soul in Greek. Eros is the personification of physical desire, from whom we obtain the modern English erotic. In Greek myth, he is also the son of Aphrodite, the goddess of beauty, which is where the conflict of this story arises. The story begins, as Greek myths often do, with the intersection of the mortal and the divine. The myth is worthy of its own consideration, but we'll hit the high points here that are relevant to the poem, and I'll leave links to a couple of versions in the show notes. Aphrodite becomes aware that people are comparing Psyche's human beauty favorably to hers, so she sends her son, Eros, to curse Psyche. Eros, inevitably, falls in love with Psyche, and refuses to curse her. In different versions of the myth, Aphrodite then curses Psyche herself, or Psyche's beauty is such that it frightens would-be mortal suitors away. Either way, the result is the same. Psyche's royal parents consult an oracle to find out why their third daughter has not found a lover, and are told that an inhuman winged serpent is her destined husband. The description is ambiguous, 
And of course, a less obvious reading would fit Eros, who has conspired to spirit her away. Psyche, vitally, chooses to meet this apparently grim fate, and is instead borne away by Zephyrus, the west wind, to a beautiful palace surrounded by an enchanted wood. Eros is with her every night, but warns her that if she looks upon his face, he will leave her. She asks whether her sisters can visit her, and Eros reluctantly agrees. Zephyrus brings them to the palace, and they are struck with jealousy, inferring that her husband must be a god. When she admits that she hasn't seen his face, her sisters warn her that he must be a beast who will devour her child when she gives birth. In sudden uncertainty and fear, Psyche takes a knife and a lamp that evening, and looks upon Eros for the first time while he sleeps. But in her very moment of relief, a drop of oil from the lamp lands on his skin, and he wakes, betrayed, and flees. Psyche immediately searches for him, but none of the gods are prepared to assist her and risk Aphrodite's wrath. Eventually, she appeals to Aphrodite herself, who sets her a series of impossible trials, similar to the trials of Heracles. In classical heroic fashion, Psyche succeeds in each task, generally by being more judicious about who to trust, until her curiosity again bites her, and she ends up in an enchanted sleep. Eros, meanwhile, is tortured in equal measure by betrayal and the loss of Psyche, but he eventually seeks her out. Finding her under the spell, he wakes her, and together they fulfil her final task, after which, in short, Zeus grants her entry to the Pantheon of Gods. Which brings us back to Mary Shelley's stanzas. The following poem invokes the pivotal moment of the myth, when Psyche looks upon Eros for the first time, and in so doing betrays him. It's important to remember that Psyche and Eros have a happily ever after, despite this moment, and the speaker invokes that subject knowledge here to posit an even better outcome for themselves by subverting the myth. O come to me in dreams, my love, by Mary Shelley. O come to me in dreams, my love, I will not ask a dearer bliss. Come with the starry beams, my love, and press mine eyelids with thy kiss. Twas thus, as ancient fables tell, love visited a Grecian maid, till she disturbed the sacred spell, and woke to find her hopes betrayed. But gentle sleep shall veil my sight, and Psyche's lamp shall darkling be. When in the visions of the night thou dost renew thy vows to me. Then come to me in dreams, my love. I will not ask a dearer bliss. Come with the starry beams, my love, and press mine eyelids with thy kiss. Requisite Words is an Inklings production. Find out more at inklings.co.nz or follow us on Twitter at Requisite Words. Opening music is Be Chillin' by Alexander Nakarada. 
If you enjoy listening, don't forget to give us a review on your favorite podcast app and let us know what you'd like to hear more of.